Welcome to Church Online. I'm so glad that you are tuning in with us and joining us this morning for church. And I'm really excited about uh, just the message that I feel God has put on my heart for you today. Um, why don't you grab a, your Bible and a paper, a notepad, and a pen. We're going to get started here just right away. But I want to also let you know that uh, in the notes section of the uh, screen that you're watching right now, there are resources f if you have kids or teens. Uh, we want to be able to keep them plugged in as well during this time. And so there's uh, resources for live services and, uh, and different pre-recorded videos as well through a couple different churches um, that you can, you can look at and pick out for your kids this morning. Um, but yeah, before we head into the message, why don't we pray together? Let's just invite the Holy Spirit to just fill wherever we are, fill the, the, the room, um, and just meet with us this morning. So Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for who you are. And we just give you all praise and honor and glory this morning. We give you our attention. I just pray that you would just meet with each person this morning, wherever they are. Your presence would just be so thick and tangible in their room, that your peace would, would rest upon them, and that they would just have such a, an intimate experience with you this morning, Jesus. We just thank you that we have this uh, opportunity to meet like this, to to just join together. But most of all, we thank you that you're our ever-present help in time of need. And we just give you praise for that, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. All right. So uh, we're going to be continuing in our Vision 2030 series. And, you know, I've been prepping this message over the last couple months um, but what's really interesting is it seems like it was made to fit for exactly this time. As we look around and we see uh, how much fear and panic, uh, how many people are just feeling overwhelmed. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe you're feeling fearful. Uh, I just want to say to you, it's okay to feel afraid. Just don't stay there. Because Jesus wants to bring you his peace today. He wants you to uh, just hand over that feeling of overwhelm, uh, being overwhelmed. And he wants to meet with you in the middle of that, in the middle of, of the everyday. He wants to meet with you right in the middle of everything that's going on right now in our culture, in our world. And uh, so as, as I was prepping this message and, and, and uh, just looking at what, what is happening right now in our community, uh, and around the world with this virus, uh, it got me thinking about what does it look like to see communities transformed? And like I said, this was something I've been thinking about for months, and it just it seems like it, it fits so well with, with what's happening right now. And I was thinking about, you know, what would it look like if we had 50 or 100, 500, 1,000, whatever number of people, that were just so passionate about encountering Jesus and loving people well. What would that look like? How, how would that affect our community? How would that affect Salt Spring Island? 
And if you'll, if you'll turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 14. We're going to read uh, 14 through 16. But I, I, I really, I think we have such an incredible opportunity right now. As followers of Jesus, we right now have an opportunity. We can either choose to, to withdraw, to pull back, to, um, to separate ourselves, or we have the opportunity to move forward, to advance the kingdom of God, to bring hope, to bring uh, peace and, and love into our community. Right now is such an opportunity for us to reach to, out to our neighbor, to reach out to somebody, uh, you know, maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's a text message, just saying, hey, how's it going? But we have such an incredible opportunity with so many people struggling with fear to live differently. And uh, so we're going to start at verse 14 of Matthew chapter 5. And it says, your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? You know, this, this verse is not talking about, um, you know, let people see your light from a distance, like six feet away. This is like, uh, let people see your light from a distance. People who aren't, who aren't necessarily connected to your lives right now. That, that as a city on a hill, we shine so far and so bright that people who don't know us and have no uh, connection to us would actually experience the light of, of Jesus living inside of us. You know, this isn't a, a, a love yourself kind of mantra. This is about allowing the light of Jesus that, that lives inside of us by the Holy Spirit shine through us. And the incredible thing about a city on a hill is that you know, if you look at a world map, and if you, if you look at it uh, from space and, and you're looking during the day, you can't tell where the cities are. You, you see, you know, the, the green and the brown, but you can't see where there's people congregated. But when it starts to get dark, when everything around gets dark, you start to see the lights coming out. And you start to see the cities that are these congregations of, of light. And they, it's such a stark contrast between the darkness and the light. And this is what, what Jesus is saying in this passage. He's not saying, you know, I wish you were the light of the world. It's, this is a statement of identity. Saying you are the light of the world. Your lives light up the world. Now, if we're living the same as everyone else, there's no light happening. We're not lighting anything up by living the same as everyone else. It's in being uh, set apart, in being who we are created to be, filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, it, it looks different than, than, than how everyone else is living. When, when everyone else is, is It looks like giving and serving when the world is hoarding. It looks like leading and being vulnerable and open when the world is isolating and pulling away. It looks like loving in the face of fear, extending grace 
in the midst of chaos. You know, that's what it looks like to, to live different. To actually live as a city on a hill. To actually allow the Holy Spirit, to allow the life of Jesus through the Holy Spirit to shine through us. And if we continue with this verse, it says, And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. You notice they're, they're not giving their praise to you. They're not giving their praise to, to us because, oh, we were so helpful. But it's actually about shining in such a way that people direct their attention to Jesus. When do you best see a city on a hill? Isn't it at night when everything around you is dark? When everyone around you is stumbling? You know, if, if you don't remember anything else from, from today, I, I want you to write this point down. Small acts of love, saturated in His presence, equals a huge kingdom impact. You see, in the, in the time that we're living in, in the situation that we're living in right now, when everyone is wrapped up in fear and, and feeling overwhelmed, isn't that the greatest time to shine bright? To, to let the life of Jesus shine through us. I believe that, that the the kingdom of God has solutions for every single earthly problem that we face. That if we will... See, but, but here's the, the, the challenge. Is that if we don't value the presence of God, if we don't go after encountering Him, we'll never find those solutions. And if we don't love people we'll never uh, make the steps necessary to put those solutions into place because we just don't care enough. Right now in this season, at this time in history, this isn't a surprise to God, everything that's happening. He chose you, specifically you, to be born into this generation, to be alive at this time. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. And I believe He wants to bring something so beautiful about. I believe that what the enemy means to, to, to make everyone fearful and overwhelmed, that God will turn it into something beautiful. And we have the opportunity right now to either pull back and isolate or to go after Jesus. We have an opportunity to go deep with Jesus. To, to be saturated in His presence. To go deep into His Word and what He's saying. You see, if we want to see our, 
our communities transformed. If we want to see the, uh, the, the kingdom of God manifest on Salt Spring, in, in our nation, in our families, in our communities, in our homes, and on our streets... It takes us growing in power and boldness, but that comes from saturating ourselves in His presence. It's even, you know, it's even for us to love people has to come out of a place where where we go after Jesus so hard. We go after Him so that His heart starts to become our heart. His heart for our community, His heart for the lost starts to become our heart for the lost. That we're not trying to shine our own light or build our own kingdom, but that that the light that we're shining is because we're going after Jesus, we're pursuing Him, we're being saturated by Him. So that we, we actually shine in our lives like Him. One of the amazing things about light is that if you light a candle in the dark, the dark doesn't doesn't overcome the light and put the candle out. But instead, the darker the room, the farther that that light spreads, the bigger the effect that it has, the, the more influence that it has. You see, as, as followers of Jesus, each one of us is called to be a leader. And another name, or another uh, word for a leader, or another word that you could use uh, synonymously with leader, would be uh, an influencer, right? To, to have influence. And right now, in this time, every one of you, every one of us, has an opportunity to lead. You might think, well, I'm not really a leader. I don't have this quality or that quality. I don't have a stage. Well, right now, none of us have a stage. But (laughs) um, you might think, I don't have a stage or I don't have a specific title. Therefore, I'm not a leader. But as a follower of Jesus, number one, you're a follower. And number two, he's called you to disciple nations. He's called you to influence people. Just like he, he said here in, in Matthew about being a city on a hill. With far distant reaching effects. Maybe you aren't a teacher, but you lead by the example that you set. And whether you're intentional about it or not, you're still influencing people. We often think of of transformation happening as big, bold acts by resilient leaders who have, you know, the next ten steps laid out in a plan. But I wonder if maybe more often it's it's people of influence, people, I should say, using their influence to consistently do small acts. To, to do the small things in such a way. In this case, I would, I would say, do the small things saturated in the presence of Jesus. Driven by a love for people. And I bet you those small acts, the, the, the repercussions from them, are much more far-reaching. They have, a, they have a greater impact in, in bringing transformation. 
So I want to lay out this morning uh, four things, four really practical things that, that we can put into practice this week. That I believe somebody of influence, somebody who is a leader, somebody who is really try, who is really uh, putting this verse that we read into practice. Four things that a leader does. Number one, a leader deals in the currency of hope. See, a lot of people tend to, to lean towards fear or cynicism. Cynicism often because, uh, you know, it's, it's maybe for good reason, it's because you've been hurt, because uh, we just feel like that's the way it's always going to be. Fear because maybe that's what everyone else is doing. Or, or because fear can be such a prevailing feeling. You can walk into a room and you can feel somebody else's fear. You can read a story and, and that sense of fear, or a news article and that sense of fear just creeps over you. Sometimes you don't even notice it's happening. And I just want to say, you know, if you're struggling with fear, God says so many times throughout the Bible, Jesus says it to his disciples, God says it to his people, he says, do not be afraid. Why did he say that? He said it because they were afraid. So if you're feeling afraid, you're in good company. But I want to encourage you, don't stay there. God has so many promises. Instead, when we're afraid, if we anchor ourselves into him, that he is our firm foundation, we anchor ourselves into what he says, we anchor ourselves, most of all, into his love. See, and it, oftentimes uh, leaders or influencers will try and use fear to motivate people. Or cynicism as, as their means of decision making. But I believe leaders deal in hope. They deal in the currency of hope. You see, if, if in Hebrews 6.19, in the New Living Translation, it says, This hope, speaking of what Jesus paid for, is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. You see, because Jesus came and gave his life up for us, he did it so that we would be able to approach God, that we'd be able to, without any hindrance, without anything standing in the way that we would have a, a straight shot, a, a clear path into that relationship. What it says here is, is that this hope that Jesus has given us of, of this relationship leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. See, hope leads us forward and it leads us into intimacy with Jesus. It leads us near to Him. Whereas fear, uh, it, the Bible talks about fear being uh, about punishment. In fact, it says that perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Fear pulls us away from the presence of God. It causes us to run, to hide, to, to maybe run in circles. Maybe in our thoughts, maybe in our actions, but... The point is, it, it draws us away from the presence of God. Whereas hope draws us into His presence. 
And so leaders deal in the currency of hope. Number two, leaders choose to live with integrity. You might think that right now, wherever you are, right, you know, maybe you're, you're stuck inside, maybe you're isolated. You might think, you know, it doesn't really matter what I do. Or you might think, well, I don't really have influence, so it doesn't really matter what I do. You know, if I live one way uh, outside uh, and, and one way today, it doesn't really make a difference. But what integrity means is it means that we do the same thing regardless of who's watching. I want to tell you today, it does matter. It matters what you meditate. It matters what you meditate on. It matters what you fill your mind with. It matters uh, just as much today as it did last week. In James 5.12 it says, Above all, we must be those who never need to verify our speech as truthful by swearing by the heavens or the earth or any other oath. But instead, we must be so full of integrity that our yes or no is convincing enough and we do not stumble into hypocrisy. See, what happens is is when we don't live with integrity, it splits us up and we have to live two different lives, which is, is what hypocrisy is, when we say one thing and do a different thing. But when we choose to use our influence and to live with integrity... You know, we don't just do it when when it's convenient. We don't just do it when we feel like it. Living with integrity means we do it regardless of what's happening around us. We do it. You know, whether that's serving or giving, uh, integrity uh, reaches into all areas of our life. Whether it's the the way that we uh, think or, or the things we fill our mind with. It matters. And leaders choose to live with that kind of integrity. With integrity. It, it's, you see, it's not about perfection. Don't hear me saying, oh, you, you need to be perfect. No, it's all of us mess up. All of us make mistakes. And the incredible thing is that, that the grace of God is extended to us over and over and over again. Every time we slip, every time we fall, He's there to lift us right back up and restore us again. So it's not about living a perfect life, but it's about living in a way where we are living more consistently. We're we're more consistently filled with hope. We are more consistently living out integrity. Number three, a leader lives in generosity. You see, when when times get tough and and the world around us seems to to be caught in all this turmoil and, and... you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It can be easy to, to withdraw our generosity. But I think the thing that marks a heart of generosity, you know, it's, it's great to be generous uh, in good times, but I think the thing that marks a heart of generosity is when we choose to be generous when things aren't going so well when it's hard, when it's, it's not comfortable. In Proverbs 11, 25 and 26, it says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And there's something that happens when we're generous. Where, where it's not about giving because somebody told us, it's about reflecting the kingdom of heaven. 
It's about reflecting who the Father is to the world. Through how we handle and, and manage our resources. It's about saying to Jesus, Jesus, I give you everything I have. Be the one that's king and in charge of it. Be the one that's, that's over it all. And even, if you continue in the next verse, it says, People curse those who hoard their grain, but they bless the one who sells in time of need. Even the way that we operate our businesses reflect the nature of the Father, of a good Father to the world, when we choose to live generous. The way that we are generous with our time and our energy and our finances, especially in this time right now, it's such an opportunity for us to, to be a city on a hill. To bring encouragement and hope by how we live generously. You know, maybe, maybe you ran out and grabbed a whole bunch of toilet paper. Being generous looks like grabbing some of those and taking them to your neighbor. Saying, hey, I know that, that there's a shortage and, and I just wanted to make sure you had enough. Number four... Leaders choose to serve. Matthew twenty three eleven. Jesus says, The greatest among you will be the one who always serves others from the heart. How incredible is it that Jesus, who gave up heaven, and he came to earth and he, to, to choose to serve us, to choose to serve humanity, he gave up his life. He died on a cross. He was beaten and tortured. To serve us. Doesn't that just inspire us? How can that not inspire us? To want to serve others. To reflect Jesus to the world as a city on a hill. As a city on a hill. See, as we serve our communities from... from the perspective of an open heaven. And what I mean by that is, we need to understand that all of these things, we don't do them out of striving and trying to be better. These are things that come out of identity. This, this was a statement I said before. This is a statement that Jesus makes in Matthew. Your lives light up the world. It's not a, a hopeful, full statement of maybe your lives will light up the world. It's an identity statement of this is who you are. Jesus came so that you could be adopted into the family of God. So that you could come near to God. That, that in the midst of fear, you could come and experience His hope and His peace. All the things that are in His kingdom. As a son and a daughter. And so what that means is, is we actually live under an open heaven. Meaning everything that's in he heaven we have access to. Through Jesus. And so, from that perspective, when we choose to serve from that perspective, not, not striving, not trying to do better, not trying to be better, but, but from this is who we are as sons and daughters of the King, we reflect the King. So when we serve our communities in that, from that, that position, when we choose to love people from that position, the smallest gestures become huge. In Romans, uh, Paul is talking, and he's he's talking to the the Romans, the Roman, the church in Rome, and uh, they're having this dispute about you know who follows who and which teacher they follow and who they like better, uh, and 
And Paul is basically saying, you know what, none of that matters. The teachers don't matter. We are all servants of Jesus. You know, one waters and one plants, but it's the Lord who makes it grow. It's the Lord who brings the increase. And so that's, in this season, let that be our prayer. God, bring the increase. As I do this small act, as I call this person, you know, maybe it's just calling somebody and saying, hey, how's it going? Maybe it's, uh, is, is, you know, letting a neighbor know you're running to town and saying, hey, do you need anything? And by those small acts, saturated in His presence, we see incredible, incredible uh, outcome, incredible harvest, incredible fruit. It's the Holy Spirit that makes the things that we look at and we think, oh, that's too small. That's too weak. And the Holy Spirit takes those and He makes them powerful. He makes them impactful. So our call to look like Jesus, especially in this time, is to take a step forward in serving, to serve our brothers and sisters in the church, to serve our community, to serve our neighbors. Let's do that together. Let's be intentional about cultivating His presence in our lives in this time. About loving, about giving, serving, living with integrity, choosing hope over fear. Let's be actually intentional about the things that we fill ourselves with. So that we can operate in the currency of hope. So we can live with integrity. So that we can live generously and that we can live to serve the people around us. Let's position ourselves in God's presence. Let's position ourselves to be used so that we represent Jesus well. I want to encourage you this week to just press in deeper. To know that that this is a declaration over your life. That you are a city on a hill. You are the light of Salt Spring. That you are bringing light into the chaos and the darkness. That you can actually carry the peace of Jesus with you. It doesn't stop when the broadcast stops. It doesn't stop when, when... Something happens around us that's chaotic or crazy. The peace of Jesus is so much more far-reaching. If you're wondering this morning, how do I get that kind of peace in my life? I've just been feeling fearful and afraid. I want to tell you that, that Jesus gave up heaven, like I said before, to come to earth. And before he, he died on the cross, he actually said, My peace I leave with you. You see, when we come to Jesus and we say, Jesus, this is all I have. I have all this fear. I have all this feeling of overwhelmed. I have all of this this chaos going on inside of me. Jesus, I have all this sin. Jesus, I have all these mistakes and these wrong choices. This is what I have. 
What he does is he asks us to bring that to him and give it to him. And in exchange, he gives us his peace. He gives us his life. There's this incredible exchange that happens. And that's the starting point for choosing to live like Jesus, for actually living out as a city on a hill. For actually having light to shine to the world around us. And so right now, wherever you are, you can do that. You can take your life and just bring it to Jesus and say, Jesus, this is all I have. This is all I have. And he will take that and he will exchange it for something beautiful. He'll bring redemption into your life. He'll bring healing. He'll bring forgiveness. He'll bring peace. And you can do that right now and just say, in in your own home, wherever you are, Jesus, I give my life to you. Jesus, come meet with me. I ask your forgiveness for every wrong choice I've made. And when we do that, He comes and He takes all of those things. It says that He washes them clean. And He sets us free. And He comes and He fills our life with His. And it's incredible. So I want to close with this. Looking ahead, I see a church filled with people whose hearts break for their community, for their friends, their neighbors, their relatives to know Jesus and experience His goodness. I see a church that won't let fear hold them back from displaying Jesus in their actions and words, from believing for healing and deliverance, and for believing for the more and the miraculous. I see a powerful church that stands on the word of Jesus, unafraid and unshaken, moving in signs and wonders and the power and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Passionate about worship. I see a church who recognize that their entire lives are worship. That it's not just the Sunday morning thing, but that everything we do, every choice we make, every time we we choose to live with integrity, we choose to live generously, we choose to serve people, and we choose hope, we do it as an act of worship to Jesus because He is worthy. An act that will turn people's attention, not to us, but to Jesus. Today, we have an opportunity, in the situation that we're in, to live like Jesus. And to make Him famous. We want to be a church that encounters Him, that loves people, and that sees communities transformed. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're speaking to us this morning. And I thank you for your peace. I ask that you would just saturate each person this morning, each family this morning that's watching, each individual, each couple, with such a sense of your peace. That you just give them the courage to, to shine their light, not to withdraw. And to move forward in hope and in grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. 
just as we're closing, I want to invite you guys to to uh, partner with, with us in a couple ways. Uh, number one, uh, it would be awesome if everyone would pick three people this week. Pick one person from the church and two from outside the church and give them a call, check in on them, see if they need anything. Um, number two, you know, our, our expenses... Uh, as a church, don't go down just because we're not meeting in the building. Uh, so if you're wanting to give to help support the work that God is doing here on Salt Spring, you can do that on our website. It's completely safe and secure. Um, and you can partner with us in that way. And number three, if you gave your heart to Jesus this morning, if you prayed to invite him into your life, uh, we'd love to hear about it. Reach out to us. You can do it through the contact form or in the comments on the side or through the live prayer. And finally, church, don't hesitate to reach out this week. If you need a hand with anything, if you need encouragement, if you need prayer, uh, or just need to talk to someone, uh, don't hesitate to reach out and let us know what's going on with you. Uh, we want to be able to support you and build you up even when we're not able to be together physically. So bless you guys, have an awesome week, and we'll see you next week.